Welcome back after a short hiatus. Um, this is episode six of A Word Before We Leave. Today's guest is Jacob Harding, um, and Jacob Harding has a lot to talk about. As always, my name is Brett Gaffney. I am the host, the creator, the man with the plan, and I just, I'm just i just ready to dive into this episode. I think there's a lot for really anybody that's listening to this. So without further ado, I'm going to let Jacob plug away some of his work, and then I'll let the episode speak for itself also. Uh, keep an ear out for a new segment today. I think you guys will like it. I had a lot of fun putting it together. And yeah, I, I'm hoping it comes back because it was just an overall great time. And Jacob was a fantastic guest. So without further ado, welcome back to A Word Before We Leave. Uh, check out my latest films, Wailing Man and Scene from Five R. You can also check out Sam Harding's music videos. I directed all of those. And possibly uh, the fundraising for my new short film, It's Okay, I Like Being Alone, has just started. So please go check that out. Thank you all so much. Hey, guys. I'm Jacob Harding, the much better Harding, uh, here to give... I'm kidding. I'm not the best Harding. It's very debatable. I mean, it's subjective. <laughs> it's very subjective. There's three of us, and all three of us have a different level of uh popularity depending on what circle you're in yeah but, so yeah. do you want to just dive in you ready yeah let's dive in let's get let's get into it okay so jacob we always do a segment at the start of the podcast it's called mm-hmm. word of the day so mm-hmm. i'm gonna jump right into it and then uh welcome to word of the day today's word of the day is brought to you by merriam webster dictionary not sponsored as always and the word is rapscallion the word rapscallion refers to someone who causes trouble often in a mischievous way it is a synonym for rascal or ne'er-do-well. Uh, and the example sentence is, With his shaggy, perpetually unkempt hair and his charmingly crooked smile, the actor seems to have been born to play scamps and rapscallions. So now it's your turn to create Jeez. an example sentence, and then I'll create an example sentence. Okay. Um, I immediately was like, think of something so like dark. Uh, let me think. I had it, and I kind of lost it. Uh I hear the police. We'll go from the police. Uh, attempting to escape the police, the rapscallion ran across the street only to meet his dark and drizzly end. Ooh, very nice. Um, mine would be, they always considered the outlaw to be a rapscallion, but in his mind, he considered himself to be a cowboy. Ooh. I have had been working on a Western lately, so cowboys are... Actually? Very... In my, it's only in my mind currently. Uh, you've been, you've conceptualized the thought about a cowboy. A what? A a. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't. I don't think this. It. I don't think this exists yet. So I don't want to put it out there and see if it exists. But a yeah. uh, a horror monster wetter, western. Oh. Yeah. Oh. With a mix of murder mystery thriller, it's very interesting. I'm. It's. I'm not even touching it really because it's, it'd be a feature and I already have a feature I'm trying to make and a feature after that. So I'm kind of like, don't want to get too attached to it and forget about the others. Yeah. Okay. So first question. Okay. Tell me about a topic or thing that you love to do. What gets you out of bed every day? What is your motivation throughout life right now? So, uh, obviously I guess not obviously if you don't know who I am. I'm a I'm a filmmaker, I'm a director, writer. Um and I guess right now is just um you know, I'm trying to get my work out there more. Uh before this podcast we're talking about my recent short films that came out and this year has been great for me because I had 
so many projects just come out finally. Some really old, some that had just been shot in the same year. But I think I had like six to eight projects drop like throughout this year. And so it was like a great year to show off, I guess, what I was capable of and stuff. And so now like what I'm getting up and attempting to do is to take that and 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 build upon it. Last year, um, I wrote a feature film and I'm very excited about it. I'm very passionate about it. And I, I desperately want to make it by 2024, like start shooting in 2024 at the latest. And so I took that feature and turned it into a 12 page short um, that just kind of introduces the themes and the characters of the film. And that just entered uh, pre-production. I just got a producer attached and I got my DP attached. Uh, we're doing location scouts on Monday. That I guess currently is what's getting me up out of the day is making sure that film is seen and made because I genuinely think that it could be the one to like kind of actually get, uh, both my name out there and, and Sam's even more so. Um, and so that currently is, but I guess just filmmaking as a whole is what gets me out of bed in the every day that, and just, Getting out of bed, I don't like laying in bed all day long. Fair enough. So before I start diving like into like the serious, kind of like philosophical, uh-huh. deep diving, who is Jacob Harding questions, uh-huh. let's start it nice and simple. Sure. Favorite movie and why? <sighs> Favorite movie. The end all be all question. Um, it flip-flops a lot, but I, usually it's La La Land. And for years it was The Dark Knight, and before that it was Back to the Future. Um, still my top five. Um, or top 10 at least. Um, I also really love her. Her's right behind, right next to us. That flip flops sometimes in number one. Yeah. If I could give you like a description of where we are, we are in his dining room right now. We're sitting at a nice black table, good yes. wood. There's a few scratches on it. We're sitting in some nice kitchen leathery chairs. It looks like a faux leather. Maybe, maybe I think Ikea. so. I think is it Ikea or Atari? I do not remember. Or and Facebook we, Marketplace. And then we have a, a nice clock tower kind of behind oh, yeah. them. It's like a nice like old grandfather clock. And then to the right of the grandfather clock, at least from my from my perspective, is Spike Jones's poster of the movie Her starring Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Adams, and Scarlett Johansson. So good. I, I could go on and on about the film, but tell me my absolute favorite, which is La La Land. Um La La Land, I think why it's my favorite is because it meant a it changed how I viewed films. I feel like in a lot of ways, I, uh, I was, I was making films and stuff. I was in high school and I was on my way back from the Dominican Republic and I was watching uh, a movie on my way back. And I was like, you know, I've heard great things about this La La Land. Let's, let's check it out. And then as we're landing in, I think Orlando, I'm just like crying in my seat because at that point in my life, especially I had always struggled with the idea of what might've been, and if you've seen them, that movie, spoilers if you haven't, so skip like, I don't know, 30 seconds ahead. You know, they don't end up together, but that whole like last eight minutes is showing what, how their lives would have ended up if they had. And that like broke me. And I was just like, so like emotionally like wrecked. And I was like, as soon as I got off that flight, I was like, is that my favorite movie? And I like, bought it on Amazon, like had the Blu-ray shipped to my house so I could just show everyone it like right away. And I think why I re- later realized why it was so profound was because it kind of introduced me to that more like personal um filmmaking because like if, you know that's so much of that is Damien Chazelle and like what he was wanting to tell as a filmmaker. And seeing that and doing it in such a colorful and bright way with so many interesting, you know, visual cues, I think really inspired me to start making more personal films. And I wouldn't realize that really until like another year or two later when I started writing withdrawal, that film 
open my eyes to more personal films like her, which is, you know, when you pitch her is a weird movie. Very yeah, strange. It's, like, it's a man that's dating a technological assistant. Yes. He's ba- dating a Siri essentially, yeah. but it's so much more than that. And there's so much deep themes in it. And I love that movie too. Um, but I think if I hadn't watched something that was like so personal, like La La Land, it wouldn't have helped me introduce myself to films like that. Like also over there is Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind, another favorite film of Sam and I's. And so like, it's just like going on and on and on about those like deep personal movies. Again, for reference, uh, Jacob is pointing at posters throughout his living room <laughs> yes. and, and dining room. We also have Whiplash uh, in a corner and Wonder Woman uh, 1984 for some reason. We also have a, a box of a, old Vizio 70-inch yes. flat screen. We just got that. Our other TV broke. My my Vizio broke. And I really? Made YouTube, yeah, I made a YouTube video about it. That sucks. Our, it was our, ours was a Walmart TV, uh, and it just stopped working. And so was Sam... Was it Vizio? It wasn't. Vizio's mm. the new one. That's huge. Um, it is. I like it a lot. Uh, the other one was like a... Is like five or ten inches shorter. I don't know exactly how it worked. I guess he knew someone that worked at Walmart. They gave us a discount, and then we just all split it. It wasn't what I was expecting because I was on vacation trying not to spend much money. And he called and he's like, hey, I need you to send me $150 for a new TV. And I was like, what? Uh, okay. But we got it now. It's nice. It's all okay. Nice. Okay. So you talked a little bit about your short films. You just, I think it'd be great to give us like quick little sentences or paragraphs about the themes and favorite parts that you found from making your short okay. films going from number one to now without spoiling as much okay. as possible. I'm going to skip my actual number one, which would be my my short film, Fat Man, when I was 13, and skip all those to when I became more established. More established. So we'll start with Withdrawal, because I feel like that's my first established <laughs> film. Um, withdrawal is about a drug addict um, kind of being forced in recovery, and kind of that mental toll that addiction, and especially being caught in that addiction, can, can take on someone. Um, I think that... The, like the tagline is so like some demons live within ourselves or something like that. This? this was I shot in 2019. Um, it came out this year. Uh, back in withdrawal came out this year. I think so. Or was it early last? In 2022. It did came out six months ago. Uh, I shot in 2019 and it went through a very long festival run. Um, which by the way, little filmmakers that are listening to this. You can release your film and do festival runs. Uh, most film festivals will accept it if it's also online, just so you're aware now. Um, I did not really know that. Wait, so you can have it on YouTube and then also submit to film festivals and it won't get disqualified? Most, they'll say it in the rules if they are against it, but most will accept it. Now, obviously, I feel like if your film has like millions and millions of views already, you don't really need to do film festivals, but for short films, typically, yes. Even the big ones like... Um, like uh, Sundance, I'm pretty sure, will like accept it if it's also online. Like it says that it's eligible still. I don't know if it might disc- maybe it discounts a little bit against it, but um, my other two films that just came out, I'm are online and going to being submitted to festivals right now. So like, uh, so you just kind of sat on it, right? I just sat on it for a long time, and um, I, that's why it took so long to come out. But that I I learned my lesson from that, and if you guys can learn anything, this is it. Um. I announced that film in 2019 for fundraising. So people knew about the film for years and it was, it was initially hyped up by a lot of my lo- my peers and stuff. And it was exciting. And then it just never came out. So when it came out, I feel like it kind of landed on a dud a little bit. It just like, Oh, like it was finally out, the but hype was gone. the hype was gone. So that's why I was seen 25 R, which was a film I shot way back in, um, 
the beginning of 2021 didn't come out until last month. Uh, I never announced it because I learned that lesson. I, I only people that worked on it knew of its existence um, and like my close friends and stuff. So, but no one else knew about it. So when I announced it, they were like, oh, look, a new film. So be careful when you announce things. So next movie. Next movie. Scene 25R is uh, very inspired by my relationship with my brother, Sam Harding, who has been on the show before. He's an actor, musician, and I'm a director. And so a lot of our working lives have been spent together as long as our normal lives. I've spent more time with Sam than anybody in my life. I have grew up with him. Grew up with him, obviously. I shared a room with him until I left for college. And even when I came back from college, I still shared a room with him. And then I decided to keep on babysitting him, and we moved out to L.A. together. So, you know, we just can never escape each other. Um, but so that film, a lot of our, you know, development as people, but also as artists, was spent together. And there was times where it was difficult because we were trying to figure out how our roles are supposed to combine. So we would fight. I remember this one particular fight we had on the set. It was so stupid. It's one of our Christmas specials. She got in a big fight. This film, um, originally I wanted to make a feature about it. Uh, I don't want to anymore. Because um, you made the short and you're like, it's over. No, I think I think I made the short originally to be like kind of a concept piece for the feature, which is why in the film he goes like, how can we sell this as a concept piece? Because it's like just like kind of like a meta comment on the film itself, technically yeah. being a concept piece. I just moved away from the idea. And um, I think the idea could come back maybe if Sam and I ever become really successful and it probably wouldn't be us. It would probably he would probably wouldn't be one of the roles anymore. I'd probably just cast two other actors. And it would be more based on probably our what our time in L.A. has become mm-hmm. than before our time in L.A. Because we were very new to L.A. when we made this film. But it's a kind of about that struggle as being brothers and kind of that mutual respect. The film's a lot about respect. Kind of learning to have respect for yourself and respect for those that are close to you. And that's hard because as a director or actor, you need to have that respect for each other. But as brothers, too, can be very difficult in learning to navigate those two things. So that film really kind of tackles that and Sam and I struggle with trying to figure that out for a while. We got figured out now pretty much though. Well, great. What about the next movie? The Wailing Man just dropped uh like a week ago. Um and it is a monster horror film. It is completely dialogue free, which I did purposely to challenge myself because most of my films are very dialogue heavy. Um and it's a lot of representation of the fear of being alone and the fear of kind of staying that way. Um, it's a very like isolating horror film where both the main character who's also played by Sam and this monster are kind of having the same eternal struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, and how they end up colliding there in that film is, is very cool. What's next? Is there the next thing is a short film based on my feature. It's okay. I like being alone. So loneliness is a, is a big thing. in A lot of my films, which is kind of about learning to let go of things that you're too afraid to let go of. Um, particularly when it comes to people that you once loved or once loved you and how that can kind of bring on those kind of self-imposed depression kind of stuff and how you can learn to, the better ways to learn how to escape that, but also how like how one how you can let one person really truly uh, part of my language fuck your life because it can. But a lot of those times it's you holding on to something and yeah, you can't yeah. realize that you holding on to that is ruining so many other opportunities that are right in front of you than there. And so the film's really the feature is very sad. Um, it's very good. <laughs> I, 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 I'm very proud of it. Um, have you filmed any of it? No. Uh, we just entered pre-production for the short film that we're using to 
Um, like a placeholder for the yeah, um, we're kind of trying to go whiplash style with it. Where we're making this short, we're trying to raise uh, ten to twenty k to make this short, um, and just kind of put everything we can into it mm-hmm. to then try to entice people to help us get funding for uh, the feature. It's not a complicated feature. There's six main characters. A lot of it takes place in the same locations, but it's 122 pages currently. So it's like a full, it's a big boy. And so I'm, I'm currently on the second draft. It's probably gonna be a little shorter, but not a ton. Um, it'll definitely be, you know, over the hour and a half mark for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's very, per- it's extremely personal, which in my opinion is the only way to make films is to put those, those, I've put a personal touch in all these films I mentioned. It's, this one is probably my most extremely personal. And what's funny, though, is I know that other people relate to it, too. Because, like, for example, if you were to ask me, 70 to 80% of it's based off of my life. And, like, the that 20 to 30% is based off of Sam's. Because I, I obviously know a lot about Sam's story. And Sam has a lot of similar things that gone we both gone through very similar things. Yeah. But when he read it, is that really loud? Super loud. Okay. So, um, if you guys hear a loud... Um hum in the background. Should we stop? Or? Somebody's taking a shower. So this is going to be a perfect time for us to take a little a little break uh, on a word before we leave. And we will be we'll be right back whenever the... It's quieted down. Is it still loud? It's still there. We can just wait. It's okay. We'll be right back. And welcome back. Uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to say this. Like, guys, we know that this stuff happens. Sounds happen. That's the whole point of the podcast. I'm bringing you into <laughs> Jacob's world. He's in I'm my world. Into everyone else's world. Like we are here to experience sounds like that, and that's what we love about the podcast. Because exactly. that's what makes it natural, right? Because everyone wants to hear about my other three roommates and my cat running around the house. This is a window into <laughs> Jacob's life, and it so is. we have to respect the the apartment noises that come right. With it. So, welcome back, um, Jacob. Do you want to continue yes. where you're at? So, what I was saying is that like. The, the script, in my opinion, is like 78% based off me, uh, 23% based off Sam. But when Sam read it, uh, he agreed. He disagreed. He said it was the opposite. He said, this is 70% based off me and like 30% based off you, which is not. I wrote it. I would not base my story more based off Sam's. But I think that just to me showed that it was uh, other people have gone through the same thing. I had a friend that read it who was going to read it in just 20 pages, you know, 20 pages of it. And... After those 20 pages were up, he just couldn't stop reading. And he read it all in one sitting and cried multiple times while reading it. And just like just called me immediately after. I've had multiple people uh, read it, both other filmmakers and other peers. They're just like, this is a great film. This is a good story. I had one, my, my, my favorite comment I got was that my friend told me that he said the ending of the film felt like a classic film ending. Like it was like going to be like a classic after the film came out. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very excited about it. Um, other people that know my other features that I have two other features that I've been working on. They're just in my head at the moment. Um, the people that know those stories, they think those are maybe better, but to me, this one especially has to be told first. I mean, it's, it's my story. You know, one of the films is primarily inspired by my dad's story. So I'd rather kind of screw up my story first and try to screw up my dad's. Um, but I don't think I'm going to screw up either. Respect. Respect. Okay. So now we're going to go into a new segment. You know, guys, Everyone loves wordplay. I know we love wordplay. We love but wordplay. We're doing a new we're doing a new segment. No wordplay this episode. So don't don't turn off the episode because there might be a little surprise for you guys at the end. But I don't even know what this is. Welcome to a brand new segment called Word Story. 
So, Jacob, you and I are going to transport the podcast that we're talking at right now to a new setting, a new place, and we're going to create a problem, and then we solve it together. It's going to be a little bit more of an improv game than it's going to be anything else. So, to start us off, where would we be in, like, like, think, think, make it fun, make it imaginative, put the podcast in a place that the podcast would never be in, and then we can go from there. I would say... As soon like, as you, let's tell a story. The goal is to tell a story. As soon as you start talking, I would just imagine there was every reason these, like, almost like the windows background, like the nice rolling green grassy hills with, like, the nice blue skies. So, here we are. Jacob and Brett sitting at a table. We are in the rolling hills of the Windows desktop from 2005. And... Very peaceful. All of a sudden, the computer crashes. Oh, no. Uh, and then... Am I continuing the problem? Yeah. And then a dragon comes up over us. So a dragon comes up over us. The sky is dark. Yeah. There's a screech in the night. We both sit there, and Jacob says... Here, take my sword. He pulls a sword out of his pocket. I screech like a little girl. And then Jacob decides to take the sword and... I just chuck it at the at the dragon. The dragon goes... Yeah! And it breathes fire all over our desk, all over the podcast, all over everything. We're running for the distance, and we start running up that shadowed hill from the HP desktop. Yes. And then I say, wait, Brett, we can't run from this. We have to face it ourselves. And I look at you and I say, but how are we going to do that? And I bring out our magical bow and arrows with 20 plus damage. And I say, with these. And then I bring out a d20 dice and I roll it and it rolls a critical failure. What happens? I kick those dice to the side. I say, fuck those dice. I got this bow. Jacob shoots the bow. He aims right for the dragon's neck. It hits the neck. What happens to the dragon's neck? Pierces right through. So, so such big of a hole somehow that the head just like falls off onto the ground right in front of it. It makes like a like a as it falls down the hill and I take the head and I hold it up and I say, you did it, Jacob! You did it! And I say, no, Brett. We did it. And then a bunch of pixies come out of the grass and yes. they're all thanking us and they're all really tiny and they speak German only German so they're saying Dankeschön 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 and I'm like I have no idea what you guys are saying and I'm like they're saying thank you oh and then the sun comes back up and we resume the podcast and then you hear like the little windows like reloading and then the desktop's back to normal and the podcast table and you and I are gone and that was word story. I like that. That was fun. Just a little fun, a little <laughs> imagination game. Yes. Okay, so now we're getting to like the bulk of the middle of the podcast. Cool. Are you ready for a bit more personal questions? Of course. Remember, if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Okay. What do you think? So you're a writer and mm-hmm. a director. Yes. And a producer and a PA. Yes. Unfortunately for the PA part, but yes. <laughs> what do you think has been the hardest part about transitioning from Kansas City to Los Angeles? Gosh. For me, it wasn't as hard as a transition like to college i was glad i went to college and kind of helped prepare myself as an adult before moving out here but i think for me the biggest thing was like stepping out into the real world and i think for me it was less of like it being hard and i think it kind of helped inspire inspire me in a lot of ways because for sam and i and and ryan um you know we 
moved here during like prime COVID for California. It was still 2020 when we moved out here. There was nothing going on, but we wanted to be here for when it started up again. We didn't want to miss out on anything. And when I got here, I wasn't doing much. And that was hard. The first six, seven months of us living here was hard because I was door dashing. And because there's nothing else to do. There's no productions going on. And But in that moment, I was like, right before I had moved to L.A., I had started thinking of that feature. I said to myself, I was like, you're here now. You're in L.A. There's no more excuses. You can't, you can't, you're in the place where it happens. You know, you can't wait for this anymore. And I started writing that film. And because I had so much free time when I first got here, I was able to write that feature pretty much in that year. And during that time, I also wrote TV pilot. And I also wrote um, the rest of scene 25 R. You know, it was, and so I started doing Sam's music videos too. It was, it was the hardest part was, I guess, making that decision to come out here. Yeah. Kind of taking that step. I didn't want to initially. Sam, Sam was first. Sam was like, I'm going to go to LA. Do you want to come with me? And I was trying to decide between whether I wanted to go to Atlanta or LA. I knew I wanted to go to one of them, but I didn't know really if I, I never, I always thought LA was nasty, which is how most, most Midwesterners view LA is just a nasty place. It's a little dirty. It is a little dirty. It's not as bad as, but it's not nasty. No, it's not as bad as you think, but like the people I was around, it's just like, it's California. And so I was like, man, do I really want to, do I really want to do that? And I think it's always those first steps in what you think is going to be hard are the hardest decision to make, but always like the most beneficial. I was actually thinking about this before you got here. I was like, it's easy, it's better to make your life hard sometimes to take that step and to risk it, to like move out there, to to put yourself forward. You know, it's, it's to make hard. the attempt, make to the attempt because like participate in reality, right. participate in existence, and take ownership over exactly. your life and career. Because so many people don't. There's so many great. You know, whether it's filmmakers or, or other people that I know personally who are so great at these at these things, at, at their art they do, but they can't take that step. They're scared. And that holds you back. It, and it's, you know, it's easier said than done. And, you know, some people have more help than others. Like, I had a lot of help from my parents helping me get out here and stuff. And some people don't have that at all. That step is so important to take. And, you know, if you don't, you'll just live in regret eventually of like, what could you have done? I'd rather live out here for 10 years and miserably fail than to like be back in Kansas city and have never left and just wonder would I have been successful in LA? See, we're, we're similar in that yeah. aspect because I just made the move. You made the move about yeah. two years ago Two yeah, just, just two years ago, like a couple days ago, became our two year anniversary. Yeah. And for me, here. this is like three month anniversary mm. is coming up. And it's, it's crazy because you know, some someone getting towed right now or, or something going on. No, outside. that's fine. I hear it, um, but it's not like yeah. distracting. Um, it's crazy because I think that if I knew what my first two years were going to be out here in LA, I don't know if I'd believe it. Because first off, I'm a music video director now. Uh, I directed six music videos before LA. I never even thought of doing a music video. I didn't one for my sister that was really bad. I just like I'm not I'm not a music video guy. I don't watch music videos. I still don't watch music videos. It's probably gonna sound very blasphemous considering the music videos I made, but I don't watch very many music videos. Do you watch your own? I watch my own. <laughs> but like I I've never been a music video guy. I that's why, that's why I never consider myself a music video director, but that's why I feel like mine are more they're my version of music videos. They're story based typically. Yeah. And, you know, I did those six music videos and then I did two more 
short films and I wrote a feature and I work primarily to make most of my income as a production assistant in reality shows. And through that, I've worked on um, so many interesting things. I was, at, I was at Paris Hilton's wedding. That's my biggest flex usually. I was at her three-day uh, event wedding. Yeah, during um, the break, we were um, talking about that a little bit. Just how do I so make the listener money? Knows. Yeah, he makes money through PA jobs. Yes. That's the short story. It's not a flex. It's not. Um, directing is, unfortunately, the side gig, but it's the side gig until it becomes the main gig. And, you know, but even those opportunities have it showed me so much of the world. I've gotten to do cool things, meet cool people that I would never have done if I hadn't done that. And, I mean, essentially... I work full time in film in some way, you know, whether I'm at home doing my own stuff or working on these reality shows or doing my directing, whether it's the music videos or the short films, I'm constantly surrounded by the thing that I love the most in the world. And while that sucks sometimes because, yeah, you know, no one wants to be a PA. I mean, you do great for you, but would you describe yourself as the best PA? No. Um, he, he wants me to say this, but I'm, I'd be a, I'm a good PA. He said he was a great PA off, I, I'm, off the record. I'm a good, I'm a pretty good PA, <laughs> um, but I have a lot of flaws. Uh, and I think I'm, I mean, I'm enough to, like, I get hired back a lot by the same people. So I say, whatever you want to take away from that, um, no one is like completely cut me off. So I'd say that I'm good and I'm good at that level. Um, I mean, I'm good enough to be a full-time PA essentially, which I don't want to be anymore. I've done it for about a year and a half now. I'm tired of it. I'm ready to move on. Um, but that's why. But at the same time, that's it's interesting for me when I'm PAing. All I could think about is how do I get out of this. By the way, for the listener, if you don't know what a PA is, it's a production assistant. It's like the lowest position in a film or a television show. Uh, it's meant to be an entry level position. Coffee boy. Kind, yes, pretty much, and. You know, for me, when I'm doing it, I, I'm all constantly thinking, how do I get out of this? And for me, some of those days are the best days for me as a filmmaker, as a director, because I ask where sometimes I come up with how, what's next? What do I do next? And, you know, on the slow days of being a PA, I bring my laptop and I work on things. I'll, I'll write, I'll do some editing, I'll look at, you know, I'll just, I'll do things. I'll, I'll find that time. Um, and to me, that's, it's so important. I met a lot of other PAs who, also don't want to be PAs, but they aren't doing anything about it. Yeah, you know, I met this one guy, great guy, um, and he wants to be a writer. And I, we had a talk one day because he was like, you've already written this feature and all this stuff. Like, how do you find the time? And I have a very precise way uh, that I go about writing, and I, I, I can go into it if you'd like me to. Please. Um, okay. Um, Wait, so, I do have a question before you. Sure. Because I've been, wanting, I've been dying to ask you this, actually. Okay. How much of your writing is you and how much of it is imagination? Like how much do you put of yourself and of your story into your writing? Because I've I've met people that write, you know, I write myself a little bit. We're both film guys. I'm I'm an actor more in the front of the camera. You're more behind the camera. But how much of yourself is in the stuff that you make? Because for me, I Uh put a lot of myself. I was going to say like like 70%. Like a lot of it is. And that's like not even just story. Like that's like inner dialogue thoughts yeah, things that have happened like, to you there's there's times where especially this film i was saying that my feature it's so deeply personal whether it's um i'm taking literally an event that happened in my life and putting it in there there's there's two dreams in this film one's a dream that i literally had that put me in a therapy for the first time and by the way therapy's great you should go to therapy if you've been thinking about it please do it it's so great for your mental health but this dream jacob harding with a banger of a quote <laughs> yeah uh 
I this this dream though it made me so depressed that I had to go talk to someone about it. I couldn't, and I put it in that film, and it was so, and it, I it, it's much more positive in the film, but in real life it, it it destroyed me. And there's another dream in there that Sam had that he told me about when I was writing this film, and I was like, that's got to go in there. And it was it was a great sad dream that he had had that I feel like both dreams were like where our subconscious is trying to tell us something, like hey, learn this lesson. And it wasn't until now as adults that we realize what those dreams are trying to tell us. And so I, I put a lot into there. Um, you know, I feel like I, I I feel like a lot of my main characters are like a part of me, usually negative qualities. You know, obviously, as your protagonist, you need to like them. But I think you also need to understand why they're not perfect people. You haven't seen withdrawal. Um, but in withdrawal, Kyle is not a good guy. You know, he's a nice guy who, who is suffering from this drug addiction. But he's also very manipulative, and that catches up to him. Uh, in scene 25 R, you know, uh, John and Scott both are very insecure, um, and they're they're really struggling to respect themselves and um, respect each other. Things that I've had to deal with a lot in my life. Um, and Wailing Man, uh, even though it's like dialogue free and stuff, I I fucking hate silence. I I don't like being in silence. I made a whole film that revolves around silence being scary i don't like being alone i prefer to be with people and i prefer to um have i sleep to south park um like i have a fan on south park's playing very quietly but it's still playing like i don't like silence uh, it drives me nuts and so i put that in, into there you know it, it's it's always like there there has to be something in there that's you you know martin scorsese says something about it too where he's like make your films as personal as possible. And it's so true. And like, I feel like that's the hardest thing to accept as a filmmaker. Cause I never, for years I didn't do that. It was imaginative stuff. It was all, Oh, this is a cool idea. Let's do this. My films didn't become art in my opinion until I realized that I need to say something about usually that I'm struggling with. So like, I like to call my film, my self therapeutic films because there's something in them that like I struggle with that I'm trying to, get out of so like for like well draw for example i've never done cocaine but i have felt as defeated as kyle does in that film those there's a scene where he's in the bathroom and he's like just like hating on himself just talking himself out loud just like how of of a loser he is and stuff i've done that i've been there i've been in those like deep deep lows where it's just like you just fucking hate yourself and sorry for all the f-bombs by the way no it's fine <laughs> um i don't believe those that i'm just gonna give a little warning okay. at the beginning to be like that's hey, fine uh cuss words <laughs> that's fine um and you know i've i've been there though and that's how i can relate to that character you know listening to my vr i've been very self-conscious in times especially as a filmmaker and you know learning to have confidence as a filmmaker as an artist is so difficult you know i know so many people um who struggle with that some people some people are so good at their jobs but they just they can't see it because they're so in their own head. And it took me a long time to get out of my own head. And I still do sometimes, but like, you know, I feel like I'm a much better place about it. And it was so hard to do with the, with that feature that I wrote. It's, it's all me. It's, it's, it's my depression that I went through first and foremost. Like it's just, it's out front there. Um, I don't, I don't want to get into plot deals about the film cause it doesn't exist. It's not out yet. Yeah. Um, but like there's certain things in there where I never had happen to me, but I was always like feared of what, what, what would I do if they did? What if I moved on before I was ready? What if I met someone and they loved me and I wasn't ready for that? How would I react to that? It never happened. 
but I, I was also something that I was like afraid of because it took me so long to get over. And so you explore it. I explore it. And so I think that that's mostly where the, the person personal parts come is, is like exploring your fears and um, exploring your anxieties and like what is what is in you and taking that out and putting that out there for people to see because that's hard. That's not easy thing to do. And most people are, are scared of that. You know, for me, I, I've struggled with uh, depression since I was probably junior or senior in high school. What does that make you feel like when you say that, you know? I, I'm proud to say it. You know, I think that's one thing. Like, obviously no one wants to be depressed. But I'm thinking back then. I was going to therapy. Mm-hmm. You don't want to tell anyone you're going to a therapist. You're in high school. You, and, right, right. And especially in the Midwest where therapy is not really a thing you tell you tell somebody that you're going to therapy and you're they're like a, why? they're like why what's wrong why? with you yeah you're in a mental asylum it was like you, know, you don't want to talk about it I, and to me i i like to talk about it now because i know for a fact there's still people out there that are possibly really close to me that are scared to go do it so if they can hear me talk about this on a podcast that lots of people are going to listen to and just say that and put that out there in the world i hope that it makes them want to go to to do that because it's just it's like you know, I had a friend. I had a, I had a, a lifelong friend of mine. Where we, when I, I hung out with him, we were back in Kansas City, and uh, we were in our, in our, in my parents' hot tub, just chilling, and five feet apart. You know, two dudes, whatever that joke is. <laughs> chilling in a hot tub, five yeah, feet apart. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, we're talking, and he starts talking about too how he's kind of been depressed lately, and we're talking about it, and I'm talking about how I've been feeling, and he stops and goes, "You know what's crazy." We would have not talked about this in high school, and we probably should have. And I was like, yeah, man, we probably should have. And, you know, to me, that's it. all that leads back into my films because, like, if they're self-therapeutic for me, they're helping someone else, too. Yeah. You know, I had a conversation with, with one of my best friends in the world very recently uh, on – I said that uh, film is art. Because it is. It's the highest form of art, in my opinion. It's the best form of art, in my opinion. And that good art should make you feel something, even if that's like sadness and, and you know emotions that you might not want to experience. Even stress. Even fear. stress. And he was like, I don't think that's the case. He's like, you should go to films for escapement, for entertainment, you know, to escape the world, not bring it closer to you. And I was like, yeah, there's films for that, obviously. But like... You, know, you want to go watch Spider Man? Yeah, you want to go watch Spider Man? That you know, I cried when I when in the new Spider Man movie. That was great for me. I love that movie. But there's some people that will go hopefully see my movies. Who let's say for this feature, or someone that's having a hard time letting go of things, and I hope they go see this movie, and they step away and they're like, "Huh, I I can move on. I can I can start this path." For me, a lot of my films are about starting this path. I don't I can't tell you how to do it. Like. Um, spoilers for withdrawal. Sorry, Brett. You know, the film doesn't end with him being clean. It ends with him starting on the path to get towards that. Because the unfortunately, no one really wants to watch someone necessarily just get better for two hours. They want to watch people struggle. But for me, I try to take that and show people how they can start the path for themselves to get better. Kyle struggles throughout that entire film. It's not an easy time for him. But he learns a lesson through it and then now can start on this better path. And it's the same kind of for, you know, scene 25R, you know, their relationship by the end of the film is, is better. It might not be perfect, but they are starting on that road to being more respectful towards each other. 
Well, Man's a horror film, so it doesn't have any kind of thing like that. But what I'm saying is that like these kind of dramas that I do, that's how I'm choosing to try and help people. Yeah. Okay. That I was think... a very long-winded answer. No, no, it was great. I'm glad. <laughs> Fantastic, which is a perfect segue into our next segment. It doesn't have anything to do between the two of us <laughs> uh-huh. because this is word in. Uh, you as the listener are going to call in, and I just want you guys to tell me... Tell me a story about a time where a movie changed your life or how you viewed the world. That's a great thing. Hi, Brett. This is Naomi. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for uh, messaging me this. This is cool. Um, So it's not a movie. It's a TV series. Um, So as someone that is tall and buffer than the average female, it's always been tough to see it representation of you know like a strong tall muscular female that kicks ass um you just don't see that a lot in film a lot of the times they're going to be like skinnier i mean they can be tall but they're just like pretty petite women which is great but seeing representation of brienne of tarth in game of thrones is what is part of why i decided to go into stunts and realize that there is oh there is a need for it. I mean the the person that doubled her, from my understanding, from my knowledge, was a guy. So to see that kind of female representation is great. But the next step would be to get females of that size to double them. Um but yeah. Thank you. Bye bye. Hi Brett, it's Sid here. Um one movie that has always stood out to me that really affected the way that I look at life and the people that I meet and especially uh, gave me the idea as a kid to possibly be a teacher at some point in my life down the line. Um, and that movie is Matilda, directed by Danny DeVito from 1996. Uh, Matilda is such a good film. I absolutely adore it. It speaks to my inner child in a ton of ways, and um, it's just so damn good. So, yeah. Bye. The movie Clerks truly changed my life. Um, A couple years ago, I was trying to make a movie, and we had a big budget for it, and it just fell through. And um, as I was trying to take a break from the movie just because I was so emotionally invested into it, I, I watched the movie Clerks. And I saw that, you know, Kevin Smith made the movie for about $30,000. And I, I looked at it and I was like, you know what? We could make this. We could do this. We could try to do it. And after watching Clerks, I decided to put my head down, work on the script again, um, pull, call all of the favors I had and, and cast everyone I could for free and, you know, just do everything I could to, you know, just this. I decided to go out and just, you know, make a fucking movie. And I, I did, and I'm I'm so proud of myself for making the movie, and I'm I'm never gonna forget the experience that I had, and uh, I'm never gonna forget the experience I had making that movie, and uh, that none of that would have happened without Clerks. As I uh, sit here and ponder the movie that I think changed my life, the only movie that can come to my mind at the moment currently is John Q starring Denzel Washington, a movie that came out in 2002. It's a movie that I can, like, see in my head and watch vividly as I lay here and 
uh, stare at the ceiling. Um, it really introduced me to acting and how good uh, acting looks and the different emotions you can convey uh, just playing as a character. So that's my answer, John Q. And welcome back. Now, Jacob, we're coming up on time, so I'm just going to ask you two more questions. Okay. And they're going to be the deepest we go. Great. I'm excited. And the final question, I'm sure you know what it'll be. I think. Maybe. Most people know. I'll ask you the final question because it's like what I ask the final question for everybody. You ask final question first? or No, I ask that oh, okay. final. Okay. Like, like after this, this question, we'll like kind of okay. transition into it. Gotcha. Do you have any any thoughts um, about your childhood that you wish you knew sooner? Gosh, yeah. Stuff that, there's a lot of things I could say about that. Um, some things I, I just can't talk about. It's, it's, no, uh, you don't have to. And I'm not going to. And yeah, it's, it's more just like overall family things. Yeah. Um, I will say this real quick, just for, for, for those that are young understanding. It's very important to remember for both you, if you're a parent, remember this. And if you're not a parent, if you're a kid and you have parents, remember this. Your parents are people. They fuck up. They have their own issues and stuff. You know, it takes you a while to, to realize that, to realize that, you know, maybe as a teenager, you're going through depression. Your mom or dad might be too, but they have to take care of you. So they're not going to talk about that stuff. Or for, you know, you guys, their parents, it's important to remember that your kid is trying to figure out so much stuff about the world right now. So much stuff. And for them, they're so enclosed in that world. They can't see out of it. So just remember that. That's the only thing I want to say about that. But for the world for, is huge as a huge. child. It's so it's I remember uh when I was in high school. This, I don't want to take I don't want to talk about this too long, but in high school thinking that's the world. You know, Kansas City, my small high school, that's the world. I've now lived in two different states in two different multiple different cities. And that is not the world. There's so much more to it. I think as a filmmaker, though, you know, I think one thing that like from my childhood that I would encourage like someone that's like kind of going through this like early stages of their artistry would be to challenge yourself, but to do it in like a good uh, pace. You know, you don't want to like start in high school doing films about drug addiction and stuff. You're probably not ready to take on a task that deep. I don't even know if I was ready to take it on when I was in college. Go out of your comfort zone and try things because when you're growing up and you're you're new in this artistry, um, that is your time to to learn. I think the craziest thing that I ever did in my early days of of filmmaking was when when I was in high school, and I said to my best friends who all worked on my films, "Hey, let's make a feature film." We did. It's out there. It's called X Y Z. You can go watch it. It's bad. Uh, it's okay. Same. Bad. Same. In really? high school, I had a buddy named Ishan. I interviewed him. He was like my fourth podcast guest. Uh-huh. No, he was my third podcast guest on this. And we made a film. If you guys want to like hear the story behind that, go back to episode three, Ishan Parikh, and something about the yeah. storytelling, whatever. Um, but we made a thing called Deranged, and it was in high school, and it was bad. Yeah. And it blew up. Right. See, like for me, um, <laughs> I, I cherish that film so much. It's not great. There's some, there are, I would say there are some like good merits to it. It's not like the worst film ever. Um, but like I cherish that film so much. One for the memories that summer 
and the couple months after that we made that film are so great. You know, whenever I get together with those guys, we always talk about it because it was just such a fun summer. It was a stressful summer. Um, but the thing about it was that, you know, we didn't know how to make a feature film. And we were doing it with literally, I think the most we spent maybe overall a thousand dollars in that film, like, you know, lowest budget possible for a feature. No one was paid. No locations were paid. I didn't pay for anyone's food. I think I maybe brought water bottles a couple times. Like that was it. We tried to carpool as much as we could and stuff. But like, you know, I was just out of high school. I didn't know anything. But that film taught me so much about what it means to be a filmmaker and what actually goes into it. You know, if I hadn't done that film, if I hadn't tried to do something that big, I don't think I would have done other opportunities that I got later, a couple of years later in college. And when I went to film school, it was also like an impressive thing where a lot of people are like, Oh, you did a feature film. That's crazy. And I think one of my favorite things that so many people have said to me, and this is such a positive like reinforcement. So like, if you're considering doing anything like this, just know this. Um, I would say to people, yeah, I made a feature film. It's pretty bad though. And they would, uh, so many people said the same thing. They'd say, still though, you made a feature film and that in itself is crazy. It is. And so, and I would say for anything that you're considering, because there's so many young filmmakers out there who don't have anyone to talk to about it. You know, for me, I was like the only one in my town really, you know. Which is crazy because we were doing this around the same time we in the same area. Yeah. Like there was like I was Kansas side, you're Missouri side. Exactly. I was on the better side. You were on the other side. The better side <laughs> to raise a family. Maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, for like for me, there's like one guy. I'm going to name him because I just, in case he listens to this, Kyle Stuke, I looked up to you so much when I was in middle school. It was crazy. I never talked to you. And I know, I think we still follow each other on, on Instagram. So you listen to this. Thank you for uh the videos you made while i was in middle school um because you were the only person i saw that was like kind of doing what i wanted to do and so uh thank you for that um but you know there was no one i i was i was too, I, there was not when i got into high school there was no one to talk to you know not not really and there was obviously the casey film world but i was a little high schooler and i was nervous and I wish I wasn't. I wish I had reached out to someone and just tr- just tried to talk to someone. But that's just you know, that was me getting in my own head. I was I was I was a kid who wants to listen to me. Um, in that, I ended up doing my own thing, and that also helped me a lot too. If you have a camera in your pocket right now, go make something. That's true. Just go make something. It's probably gonna be awful, but that's okay because every project you get better. I've I've been making films. For 12 years, technically, if you go watch my early stuff, I think if I had shown me at 12 or 13 when I started doing this, if I would have shown him like some of Sam's music videos or like Wailing Man, I think he would just start crying, like freaking out just at at where where we are going to go. But I would not be where I am if I hadn't made those extremely shitty short films with my friends. And... I'm so grateful to those because I, I, I was telling someone this recently. I feel like every single project I have done, especially even back then, taught me a little lesson. In every single one, there's a little bit of growth in it in some form, whether it's a story thing. I learned how to tell a better story or where I just learned to be a better filmmaker or a better leader. Everything taught me something a little bit. And, you know, I don't regret anything I've ever made because of that. Because I know that if I hadn't made 
Fat Man or the other four Fat Man films I made, I wouldn't be making Wailing Man. I wouldn't be making Withdrawal. Those things might would literally never have happened if I had made that first. Yeah. Are you ready for the final question? Yeah, I think so. Jacob Harding, would you care to share a word before we leave? Just any word? Everyone always asks that. Um, <laughs> it's it's a word of advice. It's a word you can direct it towards one person, a community, the huh. audience, the world, yourself in the future, yourself in the past. It doesn't have to be a word. It's just... Uh, yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, it can be think. more, you know. I feel like I've said so much. Um, this is like your chance to say something to the world. If I had to say anything, I would say just don't be afraid. Fear gets you nowhere. Trying something gets you something almost every single time. Whether it's just a lesson or just um, an experience, a funny story. Don't be afraid. You know, put yourself out there and tell your stories, tell your art, because it'll change your life. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life when I was, you know, growing up. Obviously, we're kids. We're just trying to figure it out. And I just initially, how it started was I was just making films with my friends for about a year, just for fun. And it wasn't until my mom said that, these are really good, Jake. You can do this for the rest of your life. Or it just like finally clicked in my little boy head. I'm going to do this forever. And I have been doing it since 12 years. And I love it with such a deep burning passion. I'm sure it comes through um, in this podcast. And I have no regrets for that. It's all because I chose to have all my friends one day. And since then, I've just taken so many different risks to try things, just to challenge myself as a filmmaker. So... Don't be afraid. It's going to work out. And it's going to be okay. And you're going to learn something from it. And I hope that you will make something great. This has been Brett Gaffney and... Jacob Harding. On a word before we leave, I'm going to say a few quick thank yous. But I just... I want to say thank you to you, Jacob, for having me here. Um, thank you and for having me, Brett. Of course. <laughs> uh, and I just want to say thank you to the listener. You know, this audience is slowly growing... And if if you guys are hearing something that impacts you, that changes your outlook, that just makes you kind of remind yourself that you are alive right now and you made the choice to listen to this, show it to somebody else. Because I do think the conversations that we have on these podcasts are important and the people on these podcasts matter because they're no different from from you, from your mom, from your dad, from your brother, your sister. We are all human beings and we're all doing this on our own. And and we need togetherness and we need love and we need reminders that we are going to be okay to do the things that we do. And Jacob is Jacob is a prime example of someone who is taking life hand in hand and 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 just exploring it and and enjoying it and and being unapologetically himself so again jacob thank you i appreciate that it has been fantastic to have you on today i'm glad first podcast i'm very excited about it first of many first of many i really hope i love doing i love this already um now i'm gonna say the special thanks as we segue out uh thank you to rick alloway ishan parikh morgan mccoy sam harding uh matthew blom evan isom 
Miley Garcia and Parker Ryle, as always, this has been a word before we leave. And maybe, maybe you too can go out there and create something that tells a little bit, even just a little slice of life, of your story. This has been Brett Gaffney with a word before we leave. Thanks for listening. I wasn't sure what you said, Jacob Harding. I was about to cut you off. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. I have to close the door now. I always end up closing the door. So before I close the door, yeah, yeah. So you want to... You want to plug Wailing Man? I will plug. I'll probably yeah. I'll plug Wailing Man. I'll I, I'll do a, a thing for my fundraising just in case somehow it starts before you're done with this. Well, I'm gonna but, close this door. Okay, here. sounds so good. I'm I'll close it loudly. I'll be quiet. But I have to close it after you plug it. So plug. Okay. Uh, check out my latest films, Wailing Man and Scene from Ivar. You can also check out Sam Harding's music videos. I directed all of those. And possibly uh, the fundraising for my new short film, It's Okay, I Like Being Alone, has just started. So please go check that out. Thank you all so much. That was not loud. Wait, 